Hello there. Thanks for joining me on today's podcast. The topic today is stewardship. You know, we have this word stewardship. And what it means is to take care of or to oversee, to protect and to help flourish an area of responsibility. In the union world, a steward is one that oversees the workers and oversees the contract under which the workers work and to make sure that the contract is honored and that the workers are honored and that there is an absence of violation and to work things out so that everybody flourishes, the company flourishes, the employee flourishes, and the union flourishes, and the product that is produced flourishes for the company. Now, that's stewardship. Now, we have been asked to be stewards of the earth, that's to be sure. We are to take care of the earth. We are to take care of our environment. We are to make sure that our environment is revered and honored and respected, and that it's treated fairly and properly and rightly, that we don't overuse certain resources or we don't take advantage of our resources beyond their capable limitations. So environmental stewardship is an extremely important topic for all of us, and some people care for that more than others. But we are all to be stewards of the earth and to make sure that the world on which we live, the ground on which we walk, and the earth that we depend on for food and for clothing and uh, all of our resources in life is well taken care of. Now, stewardship is also physical in nature, or personal in nature, if you will. What about ourselves? We are to be stewards of our own bodies. You see, we are to be stewards of our own minds. We are to be stewards of our own personal growth and personal life. We are to make sure that our brain is well cared for, that our bodies are well cared for, that our mind is well cared for, and that we not subject our mind, our body, our brain to abuse and to overuse and to poor uses and to improper uses, but to make sure that we live in a world that is honorable and that we live in an honorable way in the world in which we live. Let's talk about physical weight, obesity, if you will. We are to be stewards of our bodies. More than 35% of American adults are obese. Did you know that? More than 35%. That's a third of the population that is overweight. And the number's climbing. You know, we were not going down, according to the Center of Disease Control and Prevention. Weight gain is increasing. Uh, among our pop in within our population, and we are not decreasing as a uh, population in total weight or an in individual weight. So weight is an issue, and we are not being stewards of our bodies when we allow our bodies to be overweight. Now, let's go to Canada. It's about the same thing. Thirty-one percent of the school children are overweight or obese. Thirty-one Americans. I mean, 35 American percent and 31 percent of a Canadian. So it's about the same. So in our North American culture, we are an obese population, and we are not stewards of our physical health. A study by the Duke Divinity School, interestingly, found that the clergy 
are the most overweight profession with about 40% of the clergy being overweight and being obese. 40% of the clergy. I guess that means that they're attending too many dinners or that they're visiting people and eating while they visit or that they're serving too many big meals at the church for events and various kind of things. And with the pastor, the clergy being there, is likely to be overweight. Funerals always have a meal associated with them. Weddings have a meal associated with them. And special times of meetings and decision-making events have meals associated with them. So I can see why clergy might be considered overweight as a population more than anybody else. 40% of an obesity rate among the clergy. Only 15% of the Americans regularly engage in a physical activity for 20 minutes or more a day, at least three times a week, which means 15% of the population is engaging in an activity that might help maintain weight or control weight or lose weight. It takes about 20 minutes a day, three times a week minimum for weight to be maintained and for weight loss to be achieved. So we are not doing that as an American population. 15% according to the Journal of the Medical Association. So um, regular exercise acts like a vaccine on the immune system. So if we are regular exercising, not only does the weight control uh, become addressed, but we're also addressing general health related to our immune system. That has to do with diseases of various kinds, whether it be heart attacks and heart disease, or whether it be influenza or flus and colds and mild uh, disorders of the immune system. It can be major stomach problems of various kinds. In other words, if we're not regular exercising, our immune system is not getting the vaccine necessary to ward off various types of uh, immunities or uh, viral and infections and germs, etc. Now, in the United States, obesity accounts for more than 200,000 deaths per year. Now, somebody doesn't just die because they're overweight. But the overweight creates a whole series of activity that takes place that results in the death of 200,000 people per year. Obesity affects the heart. Obesity affects the, uh, the stomach processing and the, uh, the lung processing and all the internal organs and so on. So we are creating a, a, a situation of risk and of danger by just being obese. 200,000 deaths per year. That's $147 billion annually in medical costs for obesity-related uh, disorders and obesity-related medical situations. $147 billion. Can you imagine what our health care system could be if we reduced our weight, exercised a little bit, Reduce that $147 billion being spent annually for medical costs. Our health care would be minimal in costs. We'd have health insurance that would be easy to afford. The reason we can't afford the health insurance is not because the 
Congress or the senators are not working together to put a plan together, but because we demand so much of a health insurance plan. We demand that it covers our diseases and our, our problems, and we're not doing our own part in making sure we're healthy. We're relying on the doctor, we're relying on the medical system to make us healthy when we're not doing our own part to make ourselves healthy. Smoking is just one example. We just stop smoking. Alcohol is another example. We just stop drinking. Drug use, if we just stop using marijuana, we just stop using the opiates. If we just stop using many of the drugs that are on the, in, available to us today, methamphetamines, pain pills of various kinds, we just stop using that, our health care costs would significantly reduce and our health insurance would be a simple thing to afford. In fact, it would be cheap, it would be inexpensive. So we are the problem, not Congress. We don't want to take care of ourselves, but we want Congress to come up with an insurance plan that we can use for a doctor to take care of us when we don't take care of ourselves. Just doesn't make sense, does it? So we have to look at what we can do to be a preventable person, to prevent illness and to prevent disorder and to, to prevent disease so we don't have to rely upon a medical insurance plan. So that's the rub when it comes to medical insurance plans that are now being negotiated by Congress. Not their fault, it's our fault. And if we got ourselves under control in this area of our life, health insurance plans would be very inexpensive and we wouldn't have any problem affording them. Now, we are stewards. We are called to be stewards of our body in the same way that we're called to be stewards of the earth, our environment. It's important that we do the things that bring a good health about because that allows us to be productive. That allows us to be um, in full attendance at work. That allows us to be attentive in our school, in our learning, in our work production. See, our capacity and our output depends upon our health. And our health depends upon our weight, among other things. Now, we have a responsibility. We have a responsibility to be that kind of a steward of our bodies as we are of our land. We need to care for ourselves. We need to think of ourselves as being a gift that we are to cherish and to care for. And we are to take care of our body, but not let the culture bring about such a pressure on us to idealize, to idealize our body. In other words, to make it different through surgeries and uh, tattooing and uh, uh, changes in structures and, and so on. We are not to do those kind of things, but we are to honor our body, but don't let the culture make us idealize to go into weight reduction programs, to become thin if you're a woman, to have eating disorders if you're a woman, just to make your body shape a culturally accepted uh, object, image, for somebody else. That doesn't make sense. We can't be silent on this matter. It's an epidemic. We have to be careful 
that we allow ourselves the freedom to eat and the freedom to live our life, but to do so in a manner that helps us maintain a weight level that is healthy and that is appropriate and helps us appear appropriate to other people in our culture and not let the culture demand what we are to be and what we are to look like and how much we are to weigh. That is our decision. Don't let the culture make that decision for you. Now, we have some opportunities before us. You know, if you belong to a church and there's a lot of meals served in various kind of functions and situations in the church, encourage the church to encourage people to serve healthy foods as compared to the baking and all the high sugar levels of goodies that are often served in church meetings and church activities. In other words, there's a place in our culture besides our home that can be controlled and that we can use to help get the message of healthy eating and healthy living. Churches can offer a cooking class. Clubs can offer cooking classes. Community activities of all kinds can be built around healthy eating and healthy serving of food and healthy lifestyle. Clubs can be organized around jogging and exercise. And we can do activities that bring about a healthier lifestyle, a healthier body, a healthier mind, and a healthier brain. So we need to be people of our community, but we need to be healthy people of our community. And we need to help our community help us be healthy by just setting some policies in place, setting some suggestions in place, setting some uh, systems in place, so that when we go places and we eat and we have meals and we have all these uh, eating opportunities, that there is a emphasis upon what is healthy and what is light or what is moderate amounts of food rather than exorbitant amounts of food. Now, I'm Swedish. I grew up in a Swedish culture. I grew up in the smorgasbord world where you go to the table and there are hundreds of different objects to eat, items to eat, of varying levels of interest and various levels of calorie. And I'm used to the table of eating as much as you can. So you have to change that behavior. We have to alter that behavior. We have to bring it down to the point where it's moderate and it's healthy eating. I've gone to many, many, many pancake breakfasts, as many of you have. Qantas clubs, organizations, fundraisers of various kinds, pancake breakfasts. Well, our pancake breakfasts served in the dough that is light rather than is heavy. And are the side dishes and so on healthy or not? In other words, there's a lot of community events and activities that we can influence to help us partake, but do so in a healthy manner. So take a look at your life. Take a look at your lifestyle. Take a look at your eating patterns, your eating lifestyle. Look at the influences on your life. Look at the people who contribute to the choices that you make in your eating and your food and see how you handle the uh, matter of intake so you do it in a healthy, healthy manner. Well, anyway, this has been the Psychology Report. It's an important topic today, and I'm glad that you, you join me. 
And um, Susan Hatch, I'd just like to bring to your attention, she's an insurance agent. She specializes in Medicare. If you're older or disabled and you have Medicare, Susan Hatch is the person to call. Clovis, California. Look her up in the yellow pages under insurance. Susan Hatch. You'll be glad you did. She's a guru. She'll answer your question. Bye for now. Go to my website, booksbyhedberg.com. Get my book, Achieving and Living a Healthy Lifestyle in a World of Stress. Bye-bye.